Hey, Kaden. Yes, mommy. It's time for the She's About Business show. Yes. <laughs> hey there, it's your host, Daithia Garns. This is a very special episode for a few reasons, and I'm super excited, as you can tell. <laughs> so it's special first because it's going to be the first episode that's going to be available in its full version on the She's About Business app. Yay! <laughs> and I have a very special guest, a one of a kind, very first time on the She's About Business show, special type of guest, okay? So you have to tune in to see what this is all about. So with that being said, no need to waste time. Let's get started with the show. As you guys know, this season of the show has been dedicated to highlighting savvy moguls who are making moves. So this episode, episode nine of season three of the award-winning She's About Business show, aka The Sab Show, is dedicated to that. First, giving all honor to God for all of his amazing blessings and to my Savior, Jesus Christ, for being who he is in my life, which is all that in a bag of chips. And of course, thanks to all of my fabulous sisters and fabulous fellas for tuning in and for supporting the show on all of the various platforms. I'm so thankful for you guys. You guys make doing what I do possible. And I appreciate you guys. I hope that you guys are listening on the She's About Business app as we speak. So my very special one-of-a-kind guest grew up in a single-parent household and he suffered from the loss, grief, and abandonment of a father serving life in prison. Faced with the many challenges a negative environment can bring, like drugs, guns, and money, that became a way of life for him until... An encounter with God changed everything. Now, as a minister for Christ, a parent, and a mouthpiece for change, my guest encourages others to change and to search for the things in life that they need to be delivered from, believing that when these releases are experienced, they can go on to use their gifts to offer real value to the world. I think I kind of let the cat out of the bag there a little bit. I think I slipped up a little bit. So you guys, please help me welcome my very special one-of-a-kind guest to the She's About Business show. The first time on the show, a guy, oh my God, please help me welcome Mr. Jameer Jordan to the show. So, Jameer, my friend. Hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> um, great. Welcome to the She's About Business show. You are actually the very first guy to grace the microphone of the show, and I am so honored to have you here. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is great. <laughs> how does it feel? Um, thank you. It's a, uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. Yes, and it's so amazing because, of course, all of my fabulous fellas are about business, too. But I must admit, I'm a little bit nervous because I've never interviewed a guy on the show. That's so crazy. You know, I was thinking about it this morning. I said, I, I got to do this more often. But 
I know that you and I, we've had a lot of conversations and um, I know that we are so similar. We both are definitely about our father's business. So we absolutely came here today to, you know, definitely um, give the people something that they can use. So, you know, let's get started, right? Okay. okay. I have read your bio already, and you definitely have an amazing story. So the people already know a little bit about you, but I just wanted to, just like I do with everybody else, get to the core of why it is that you are on this journey, you know, why it is that you are on this path, you know, what exactly, you know, do you want to do going forward? Who do you want to serve and things like that? Well, uh, first, uh, I'm actually going to answer that last question first. Um, <laughs> who I serve is, is 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 our Father, you know, God. And um, mm-hmm. I actually had a spiritual encounter that led me down this path um, of ministry. So I, I have to give him the full credit. Uh, it, you know, I, I got down to a low point of in, in life, and um, and I just went to God, and uh, it was the best thing I ever did in my life. You know, so um, so it's it's been great on this journey and it's actually just the beginning. Um, So I am moving forward in ministry. And uh, God spoke to me when I actually first started this journey. He said, I'm going to use you for your mouth. And um, a little down the line in this journey, um, he's he's put me in a place where I can use that and grow and, um, you know, deliver his message. Yeah. And I know it's going to be amazing just over the last you know, a few days as we've been talking and preparing for this, I've just been so impressed by you. And I know and you and I are making some plans to do some great things together. And I just can't wait because I know that he is definitely going to use you. So I'm very excited about that. And and also, by the way, we've been trying to do this all week, but you've been um, under, under the weather. So thank you so much for, you know, actually getting this done. I know your throat isn't feeling the best, so we definitely appreciate you, you know. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm just getting my voice back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's, that's so amazing. So that kind of brings me to my second question. So I had to, I had to change it up a little bit. I mean, you're my first guy, right? So I don't want to make it hard on you, but you know, sometimes you got to be tough on the guys, but you know, you mentioned your spiritual encounter and I don't want to, you know, make you tell your full, full story. We don't want to be all up in your business, but I, I have to admit that I cheated a little bit with the second question. I tweaked it a little bit just for you. So I usually talk about what made someone take the leap into entrepreneurship and really what that question is really all about is the alternative life that they could have settled for had they not taken the leap. But in your case, you know, you were kind of like an entrepreneur, but you were not really necessarily doing things the right way, right? (laughs) So for you, what I want to know is, what was the alternative life that you were settling for before your encounter with God? And how has your encounter actually changed your life for the better? For one, because um, I was doing some illegal stuff. I know we already talked about it. And, right. and I don't actually mind sharing it at all. I know we kind of have a time limit, so I ain't going to go into it in, in, in depth. Yeah. Um, I know they want to know, though, but, you know... <laughs> Well, I'll share a little snippet. Um, it's a little snippet, yeah. So basically, um, at that particular point in life, I was actually, uh, 
you know, nothing too hard, but um, I was selling marijuana and I was selling large, a large amount of it. And, uh, you know, I was just living that life. And, um, you know, I didn't work for four years and I was kind of doing my own thing and uh, I was financially good, but I kept feeling this emptiness, like this mm -hmm. piece that was missing. And so at the end of that part of my life, uh, I kept asking God, I'm like, man, what, like, what is my purpose? You know, why am I here on earth? And um, something really affected me. Uh, one day, my little cousin walked up to me and he said, man, I want to be just like you when I grow up. And that thing really hurt my spirit because I, I'm sitting there like, what type of example am I setting for the people around me? Yeah. November 2016, two days before Thanksgiving, I woke up and this feeling came over my body and I got down on my knees and I asked God, I said, God, how can I fulfill the purpose that you have for my life with this negative baggage? And I'm going to tell you guys what it is. I'm going to be transparent. I, I named guns, weed, and money. And the exact same day, I got pulled over and police found um, a pound in my trunk, ran back to my house, found the money I had stashed up and the guns I had stashed up. Now, let me tell you how God works. Tell so <laughs> I was supposed to do two months to five years in jail. Wow. And I actually didn't do any jail time. And so also, um, I didn't qualify for light duty probation, but I ended up getting on light duty probation and I was supposed to be on uh, probation until 2022. And I actually got off um, January of 2019. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, they found close to $10,000 in my house and I actually got half of that money back exactly when I needed it. So God knew exactly, you know, when I needed that money. So basically, he freed me. So it, it was actually a blessing in disguise. And I felt like God just got me out of that. And, um, you know, like the saying, they say you can go through the fire, but, but you won't come out smelling like smoke. Yeah. And it was just a, it was just an amazing experience. And it was more to that experience, but I don't want to uh, hold up the interview. <laughs> no, but that's great. Because, you know, I think sometimes it's like that. I, I really haven't had a chance to share with you you know, my story about when I ended up leaving corporate America, but it was kind of the same thing. That morning, I was sitting in my car crying, actually crying, saying, Lord, I know that I'm supposed to be doing something different. I hate this. And I don't want to sound like a, a baby, you know, like a spoiled brat, you know, everybody should be thankful for their job. But I just knew that I was supposed to be doing something more. And I mean, I was miserable. And I went in to my job as a top salesperson, had just gotten a promotion, was making a lot of money and was fired that same day that I sat in my car crying, like out of the blue. Yeah. Oh, Like sometimes things happen when we cry out to God, you know, we yeah. want to change, we want to do something, but we're, we're all so comfortable. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. We're all so comfortable because we can take care of our children. We can pay our bills and we really don't know another way until he has to do something to move us and make us do something different. And then yep. Yep. for a time, like you had to actually go back to work and it may have been uncomfortable. So for a time yep. for me, yep. I was unemployed, had, hadn't been unemployed in a very long time, you know, ever probably. I don't know. I don't remember, <laughs> you know, but, you know, what I'm saying so. That story is very inspirational and maybe somebody else out there, they didn't experience it in that same lifestyle. Like I didn't experience it in that same lifestyle, but I can still relate to that because God had to take something from me 
that I didn't want, but I didn't know how to let it go. Just like you, you know? So it's like sometimes we can have something in common with people, even though we're different. That's amazing. I love that. So Jameer, guess what? Yes. (laughs) Time to pull a question out of my handy hat. I'm excited. All right, let's see what we get. And listen, I had to put, I had to come up with totally new questions for you. I mean, the questions that I had were all funny. So (laughs) you're special. All right, let's see what I get. Oh, this is the perfect question. God is so good to kind of piggyback off of what you were just talking about. So, so you say that you had an encounter with God, right? Yes. Okay. So why you? What about the man or the woman or the boy or the girl out there who are, you know, hooked on drugs or alcohol or who are still in the streets or who are still suffering with lust or selling drugs or, you know, addiction or whatever, and they can't get free. I hear it all the time in the work that I do. And they say that there is no God or that, you know, if there is a God, he doesn't talk to them or they can't hear him. What would you say to them? Why, you know, why does he choose to talk to you and not them? What would you say? This is a awesome question. Um, I actually dealt with this question um, a few weeks ago. And see, look at God work. God works. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so um, this gentleman, I was telling him my story, and I know I gave a brief description of my story on here, but I was I told him my full story, and he said, "Man, but God doesn't speak to me." Mm-hmm. And I pondered on that for maybe a week because I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Man, what was it that?" Um, provoke God to speak to me. And so I was just thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I said, oh my God, would you feed yourself? Mm -hmm. See, we have a conscious mind and then we have a subconscious mind. So a subconscious mind is what you do that you're unaware of. Your conscious mind is what you are aware of, is what you intake. So at that moment, I realized that I was actually feeding myself God. See, if you want God, you feed yourself God. So everything that was the opposite of God, I didn't entertain. So I did. I wasn't listening to any rap music. I was listening to nothing but gospel. I was praying to God. I was talking to God nonstop. It, it, it was, I was hungry. See, and that's the reason I always ask people, what do you feed yourself? So at that moment, it was all about God. It was like, God, all I want to do is be around you. All I want to do is talk to you. All I want to do is hear from you. And see, the thing is, God is always with us, but can he dwell in us? Mm. We have to remove some things from us so we can hear God clearly because he's speaking to everybody, but we don't know his voice. Yeah. See, every everything, even when you look at social media and all this stuff, it's a battle for your soul. Because one side is the enemy speaking to you. The other side, God's trying to speak to you. So you got to ask yourself, what are you feeding yourself? And I heard this one saying, and uh, I kind of liked this description. A son walked up to the father and he asked him a question. And the father said, well, son, we all have a bad wolf in us. And we also have a good wolf. And he said, you can't let the bad wolf win. 
And he said, so how do you know which one is winning? He said, whatever the whatever wolf that you're feeding is the one that's winning. Wow, I like that. And so the thing is, we want change in our life, but we're feeding us the opposite of the change. I like that. And I think that a lot of people may be able to take the example that you just gave and, and really use that. And I think, too, you know, just to be clear, even though you were living a lifestyle on the outside, you know, where you were doing, you know, maybe some things that you shouldn't have been doing. You're saying that you were still praying, you were still listening to gospel music, you were still putting those things because you were hungry for, for God, even though you were, you know, still doing the things on the outside, you were still seeking him, basically. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes it's like that, you know, because you're going through like a battle. Actually, at this moment where I was actually um, going through that process, I actually, God actually hadn't spoken to me yet. So in January 2017, so, uh, so now we're getting a little deeper. Uh, I wasn't going to go this far as first, but might as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so January 2017, because I actually was previously married, and um, I was still going through a struggle at this period, not really financially, because I still had some good stuff going on financially. Um, but at this point, I went back to work for the first time and I was struggling because I'm like, OK, God, you removed this from me. But now what's my purpose? You know, I still like, OK, what's my purpose? And so one particular day, January 2017, me and my ex-wife got into a big argument and she left out the house. And I got down on my knees and I prayed to God again. I said, God, remove the people from me that's not for me and the things that's not for me so I can fulfill my purpose. So I went to go lay down on the bed after, and um, it was like I nodded off, but I actually was still awake. And God spoke to me, and he said, Jameer, if you lose everything, will you trust me and know that I'm going to replace it by double? And then he said, you're going to lose your wife and show me a vision of how. That May 2017, the exact vision he showed me happened, down to the T. Okay. And so... That was the very first moment that God actually spoke to me. Got it. Okay, so he, so you prayed about the, the situation and the things you were involved in, and then he removed those, but he hadn't actually had the encounter with you until this January point January. right here. See, I, I break this down as my three releases, and okay. it's another release to that. And the actual last release was actually on Father's Day, June 2017. And that plays a very significant part um, because I was actually holding on to unforgiveness because my father was not in my life and I was dealing with abandonment issues. And God revealed that to me around Father's Day. So he showed you that you needed to also forgive your father. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm actually working on a script right now. for a movie um, involving my spiritual encounter with God. And it's it's going well so far. Oh, that's going to be great. I can't wait. (laughs) I got so many questions I want to ask you, but I know you have to go and, you know, we don't want to make this too, too long. So let me pull out another question. Hopefully it'll be a good one so we can get some more stuff out of you. All right. Let's see. This is a good one. All right. So... The other day, I actually um, read a quote about, oh, this is a good one, (laughs) 
about a woman actually having sex with a man before marriage. And I thought about how that could, you know, really hurt some women, you know, because, you know, sometimes we don't like to read stuff like that. But I felt that the quote was actually true. But then I also thought for me as a mother of two sons, that I would also want to school my sons because I think that there are dangers for boys too in having sex before marriage, like soul ties and things like that. So what is it or what is something that you know as a guy that's really a true statement about relationships, whether it be about sex or communication or commitment or whatever, that you know that women may not want to hear, but that you will, without a doubt, be telling your daughters, because I know you have two daughters, you'll be telling them about when they're old enough, okay? What is something that you know that women may not want to hear, but you know it's the truth, and you're going to be telling your girls about when they're old enough? <laughs> I don't know if my answer, if the woman uh, wouldn't want to hear it, I think they would actually like it. Uh, <laughs> Let us know. It's, it's very important because a man, my, my personal opinion, a man should not enter a relationship if he does not have a vision for his life. Okay. A man oh, wow. has to have a relationship with God so he can properly lead his family. And so um, if the man walks into a household and he's lost, the rest of the household is lost. You better preach it. Go ahead now. Keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very important here. Even if you look back to Adam and Eve, God gave Adam his assignment before even giving him Eve. Mm-hmm. And he had a personal relationship with God. And see, it's tough out here for women because if the man is not the head, then it automatically ends in destruction. Mm. And so that's the reason you have so many broken households. See, a relationship is two broken people coming together. So it's a healing process for each one of them that they have to work on. But if a man brings his, his, he brings a toxic lifestyle into the household, he makes the household toxic because he's supposed to be the lead. That's his natural order. So if he does not have a relationship with God, he shouldn't even be in a relationship. Because, see, we only love to the capacity of which we know how. But when we discover God's love, now we properly know how to love and we properly know how to lead. It's back to what I said about leading by example, because you can say things, but it's about what you do. Kids, the woman, everything, they see what you do. And so the woman natural order is to be a helpmate. But how can you help somebody who is lost? There's nothing there for you to help. So it knocks the order out because now the woman is not even in her proper position. Hmm. I'm quiet for the first time. I don't even know what to say. That's never happened before. <laughs> like I was going to keep going, but we can go on this for, for a long no, time. I mean, my listeners are probably like, what? Is she quiet? Like, I, I don't have anything to say because, I mean, I think you're dead on. It's nothing for me to add to that. Like, so what, what I would like to say to women, 
before making a man your husband, make God your husband. Yes. Because the man has to find the wife. And he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And God will put favor over you guys. And so the thing is, the man has to find the wife. So you hear a lot of times women say, man, I need a man. Oh, you don't want the wrong man. Just wait on God. Just, just make God your husband until he sends you your husband. And, and that's my personal opinion. Amen. And I told you that, um, you know, my favorite scripture is Isaiah 54 and 5, which says, Fear not, for the Lord your God is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. You yeah. know, and that's a scripture that God gave me years ago. And I had that like posted all over the house <laughs> for months. But, you know, and he took me through a whole process and I kind of wrote about it in one of my books. But I absolutely agree with you. But I also know that I don't see a lot of that. And I think for me, a lot of people ask me, you know, why I don't do this, why I don't do that. But I have discovered that exactly what you're saying. And so I am, I am doing that, you know, but it is definitely difficult to do because as a woman, we have so many options, right? Like we could do other things, Like you know, the world says, you know, you can get this man and, you know, you basically can lead him, you know, you can go and get somebody that's going to let you take the lead and do this and take charge and, you know, but I have done that before and it did not work out well. And I absolutely discovered that I do not want to be the head. And, you know, all of the feminists out there can get mad at me, but I don't want that. I tried it and I don't like it. I don't like making all the decisions. I don't like paying all the bills. I don't like having to do everything. I can be single and do that. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. But I do think that you're absolutely right about that see when when you spiritually connect you know you become one and uh the man and the woman plays a significant role in the relationship because really your marriage or your relationship is connected with your purpose see a marriage is an assignment and so we will put here on earth to fulfill assignment that god put us here for so you can't even fulfill that purpose if you have the wrong spouse. Right. So relationships are really not for our personal pleasure. But see, this is the beautiful part about God. See, a lot of times we focus on what we want, but God focus on what we need. So he knows the person that you need. And it's just going to click. Y'all going to become one. You're going to have peace in that relationship. It's not all these arguments. It's, uh, you know, if y'all have a disagreement, y'all talk about it and, and you don't hold grudges. See, love is not a feeling. It's a commitment. Yeah. And see, we all have different perspectives and you have to respect each other's perspectives. You make that sound so nice. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see what I get out of the hat. Last question. Okay. Oh, another good one. Oh, this is this is a great one, especially for me because I am raising two boys. So, okay, so you were raised by a single mom and you endured having to know that your father was behind bars. And not only was he behind bars, but he was behind bars for life. 
What can you say to the single moms out there who are being constantly told that they can't raise men or women for that matter, but guess what? They don't have a choice, right? They're doing everything that they can to keep their kids safe and, you know, not play into the fact that the world says they can't do it for whatever reason, the fathers are just not there. So these women are constantly being told, I hate it when I see those videos that women can't raise men. It's not that we're choosing to, right? Many women have, you know, joint custody, but the fathers just choose for whatever reason not to be a part of their children's lives. What do you say to those women? How can they, you know, t- you know, instill something into their children to keep them from ending up behind bars, to keep them full of faith? Like, what is your message to the single mom who is trying her best to be a great mom and to raise great children? That is a tough one. Look, I actually wish my mama was here so we can have this conversation. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's a tough question because sometimes we're put in predicaments that we have no control over. And the thing is, the woman cannot properly show him how to be a man, but neither can a father who actually never became a man himself because most fathers are broken themselves and they still have childlike qualities because they never dealt with their childhood. And typically that's probably why they're not even in their children's lives. Exactly. But my suggestion would be to really direct them to know who their real father is. And I speak that from experience because when you don't have a father figure and that saying this was my particular defense mechanism toward not having a father, uh, but a lot of times you look for acceptance from other males or the world because you feel like you were not accepted from your own father. So we have to instill in them and let them know that our true father, which is our heavenly father, accepts us and loves us. So we have to really instill in them that we do have a father that loves us and would never leave our side. Because, you know, um, the male, your father is just your earthly father. So he was more like a tool for you to come on this earth. But God is your uh, true father. He's the one who designed you. And nobody knows you better than your own father. So he has to direct you to become a man not your mother or your father. Now, it helps because if you have a man of God in the household, then he's the lead and he can help you to your father. Because really, even with me, um, I have a son now, and my goal is not to, you know, tell him what to do, but it's to lead him to a higher power so he can have a personal relationship with God so he can figure out his identity and his purpose in life. I don't know if that answers that question. Uh. (laughs) No, I think it's just, for me, a lot of prayers. I I used to tell a story about (laughs) how I used to send my my oldest son to school with um, oil on his head. I used to anoint him all the time. And he used to be like, Mom, really? So I started putting him on the back of his neck. Um, You know, my little son doesn't, he doesn't really care that much. He's cool with it. You know, he... (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of praying, a lot of, um, 
you know, just ministering to them, a lot of educating them on, um, you know, just on life and on God and just teaching them a lot of things that were not taught to me, you know, just really honestly keeping a lot of things out of our household. And I think for me, the most important thing that I have done is to live a life that, you know, I want them to be proud of, you know, I have to, you know, I have to kind of walk what I talk. You know, my neighbors always ask me, you know, you, you never do anything. You're always home. Yes. I'm home with my children. I I do what I teach them. I, I try to live a life that they can be proud of. You know what I'm saying? I think that it's, it's not always easy, but as for me and my house, we were served the Lord. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. That was that was a great answer. And I think what you said in the beginning is is absolutely true. I, I realized I, I remember when my son went to the prom, and he and I were on um, YouTube trying to figure out how to you know tie a tie. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely some things that I know I can't teach him how to be a man. But I honestly also realized that when you don't have when the father hasn't healed their wounds, sometimes they do more harm than good. Yes. When, you, when yep. you have a mother that says, hey, you can come get your son and they still don't show up. You know, you hear all the horror stories. You see all the videos about the mom that want to fight and she's, you know, starting trouble and she keeps taking them to court and she's mad. But what about the stories about the one who isn't like that? And the one who yeah, moves on yeah. with life and the one that's peaceful. And the father is the one who's angry because she moved on and she's peaceful. You don't hear many stories about that because the female is not the one that's on Facebook because I don't do that type of stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so where are the guys? You know, you, you always see the guys posting about, oh, these women out here. But they don't talk about the ones who don't do that. And the fathers just don't show up. So sometimes that, you know, when I see stories like that, I want to scream and I want to post, but I don't because I'm doing, I'm doing something better with my time. I'm trying to raise my children the right way and I don't have time for that. But sometimes it bothers me when I see things where people say, you know, these women out here, they out here trying to do that. And that's not always the case. That's not always the story. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you you for the answer. And I think that to all the single mothers out there who are not that way and who are absolutely doing everything that they can to raise their children because you have to, you didn't, you know, you didn't do anything to push dad away. You didn't do anything. You know, you have the door open and he still just decides not to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God has your back. And like Jameer said, you know, God is their father, just like he's yours. And you know, I believe my boys are going to be just fine. And I tell my children that all the time. Don't feed into that, you know, that stereotype that, you know, you're not going to be fine because you're being raised by a single mom. You're going to be absolutely fine. And I think you're a great example of that. And that's why I'm glad that that question came out. And I know you had to go through some bumps and bruises to get there. But I do think you're a great example of how God is the ultimate father. And his say is the last say, regardless of what happens with your earthly father. So, yeah. 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 And so you, you know, we all go through things um, that actually um, have something to do with our destiny and our purpose. And so my thing is now I have the pleasure to work with young men and, and youth and mm-hmm. now I can actually be the. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
So You're in the right position for sure to do that, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. If if you really think about it, and if you go back to biblical, now I'm ready to get to something else. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at it, we all have to go through dark moments. Yeah. Even in the beginning, God said, let there be light. So that was an indication that before it was darkness. And so even when you look at uh, uh, a baby, a baby has to stay in the womb for nine months in darkness before it ever sees the light. And so even if you look at a, a, a seed, it has to be planted in the dirt and it's in darkness before it even sprouts and, and, and be able to see the light. So yeah. it's a process that we have to go through. We just have to trust God. That's where faith comes in. Because now I actually have a great relationship with my father. And see, I had to forgive him because I was holding on to things that I didn't even know that was there. And I had to address my issues. Right. So now we, we talk all the time, you know. And um, actually, this is so powerful. Your kid can be an inspiration for you. Absolutely. If, if, if you didn't have the, the role model around, your children can actually grow up to be the role model for the parent. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's amazing. You're right about that. I had never really looked at it that way, you know, but I think you're absolutely right. And I think for me too, and for all the other moms out there, one of the things that I'm always very careful about, and anyone who knows me knows this, I never say anything negative about my children's father. You know, I I don't do that because I want to always leave that door open for them and to allow them to make that decision on their own, you know, irregardless of how I feel about them they get to make that decision on their own. Yeah. So hopefully maybe they can restore that relationship so that maybe, you know, it won't be an issue of forgiveness, you know, because they, they have never been taught anything ill about them. And if anything has formed, it's been because of, you know, whatever feelings they have. They about. have, exactly. Right. Yeah. And it was the same way for me growing up because my mama, uh, she never spoke bad about them. Um, she didn't keep us away from him. You know, he, he yeah. made the decisions in his life. But as I got older, I realized that he was broken. Right. He went through issues as a child as well, and he never healed. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's true, you know, for a lot of people. So, Jameer, as we close out, let me just ask you, so what's next for you and your business, and how can my listeners connect with you? Okay, so currently, uh, right now, I am on Facebook, uh, just simple Jameer Jordan Sr. Um, I'm working on my Instagram page right now, and I'm also working on a website, which should be up and running sometime this year. Right now, I'm a business partner of mine. We're actually coming together and putting together a nonprofit organization. And uh, like I said, I'm moving forward in ministry, so you guys will be hearing from me. <laughs> Great. Um, and also, like I said, I'm still working on my script as well for the movie. Um, so there's a lot of things in store, and uh, God is just truly working this year, and um, it's, it's going to be a great year. Do you have a title for the movie yet? I was thinking about, this is this is just a little thought, um, The Calling. Ooh. And, and I want to uh, add something to that before we end, because I love this when it's said, many are called, but few are chosen. And I pondered on that when I first heard that because I'm like, okay, 
So who are the chosen? And then I realized the chosen are the ones who answered the call. Right. And so the movie is more like if God is calling you, you better answer. Yes. I love it. It's a it's actually an awesome script because it has so many different emotions in the movie because uh, it actually starts out with my previous life and and God putting me through the transition. Um, so maybe if we if we do a part two, I would really like to give the viewers a um, a little bit of insight of where I'm at now, and uh, it it would be a lot more information um, in that session. Yeah, well, that would be awesome. I'm sure they're going to they're gonna really want to hear from you again. So hopefully we can get that done. Well, J- Mr. Jameer Jordan, this has been awesome. Thank you for all of the amazing insight that you have given as the first guy on the She's About Business show. Woohoo! <laughs> this has been amazing. And the first person to ever make me shut up on the show. So definitely going to be known for that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had as an as amazing of a time as I did. And we are thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. You have got to come back again. Okay, yeah, it it definitely was a pleasure. And um I hope everybody enjoyed it. And I I would have loved to went into more detail, but maybe next time. Absolutely. I gotta have you back. I hope you can come back um during this season, but if not, you're welcome back anytime, okay? Okay. All right. Sounds good. Take care. All right. You too. Be blessed. You too. The She's About Business Show is directed and hosted by Diethea Garns, digital editing by Will Rice at Pro Voice Guy Studios, and copyright by She's About Business Inc. Thanks so much for listening to the She's About Business Show. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Also, if you think I'm doing a great job or you enjoy an episode, leave a review, rating, or comment. I love to hear from you. And don't forget to visit she'saboutbusiness.com for amazing blog articles, events, and services. Love you guys. Let's be about business.